preach here because we believe that's what the Word teaches. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So I want to get that straight. If, you don't, if you've tried to come through the back door some other way, then you've missed it. And you need to come through the, through the gate of Jesus Christ and have your heavenly inheritance. But it, see, here's the deal. Many people, they, they get their, their heavenly inheritance and they think, that, well, that's, just, that's good enough for me. That's all I want. And you miss the earthly inheritance. You miss all the blessings that God has for you here and now. In Ephesians 1, it says this in verse 3 through 6, but Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Say every spiritual blessing. He has already done that. Did you know that when he, when he died on the cross and he said, It is finished, he meant it. He said, I've blessed you with every, every, every spiritual blessing. When we surrendered to Christ, when you made him Lord, this is what you received. This is just a sample of what you've received. You've received love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, grace, mercy, forgiveness, restoration, newness of life, dominion over sin, health, prosperity, and the list goes on and on and on. Here is the grand question if you're taking notes today. Have you taken possession of your inheritance? Have you taken possession of your inheritance? You can have all that. You can have all these blessings, but you have to take possession of them. Do you all know what what I'm talking about? The, The word inheritance means take possession of. I got, on the, I got on the internet, started looking at inheritances that people never claimed. And the largest one in, in, in New York City, some guy died and left $40 million to nobody. $40 million! And then you read these really weird stories about these people that have accumulated all this and they gave everything to their cat. You know? I'm going to let that one settle. I guess they're all the cat. Yeah, the cat. That's good. I think cats should have a lot of money. I think differently. I know what they should inherit, but. Please, no emails. I really never said anything negative there, so. Here's the deal. What if you had a rich aunt or rich uncle you didn't really know about much, but you know that you were a relative, and all of a sudden they said, hey, your uncle died, and he left you a million dollars. He left you a million dollars. matter of fact, he, he deposited in your account. He's given you an account of a million dollars. He's left you this inheritance. Wouldn't that be awesome? How many would like to get a million dollars put in your bank account? Some of you are not very smart if you don't want that. I'm mean, telling you. Guess what you would have to do? You would have to withdraw it. You would have to write a check on it. You would have to do something. You could have it, and it could just sit there, and it would be no good to you until you took possession of it. And that's what I want to show you today. I love Joshua. Man, Joshua is, he, you know, the word Joshua means salvation. He's a precursor uh, of Jesus. He was a foreshadowing of Jesus, however you want to call it. He was a form of Jesus in the Old Testament. And, and Joshua, 
Joshua was this awesome guy that had the inheritance was given to him that was passed on to him, and he knew that he had to do something with the inheritance that God had given to Moses that got passed down to him. So go to Joshua 1. We're going to stay there most of the time this morning. Joshua 1. It's in the Old Testament. It's right before Judges. And we're going we're gonna to actually go through the whole chapter. So it's a short chapter. After the death of Moses... The servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, who had no parents because he was the son of none. Bad joke. Cats, cats, cats. Joshua, the son of none, Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. I want you to stop right there. Moses, my servant is dead. Okay? Moses was supposed to inherit the promised land. He was supposed to go into the land of Canaan. Anybody remember why he didn't go in? Disobedience. He didn't go in because of disobedience. I want you to remember that word this morning. He didn't get to go in because I think he either struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to the rock. Is that it? He, he, he struck the rock, which he had done before, and he thought, well, I'll just do it again. Click. God said, uh-uh, uh-uh, I told, I told you. God, when he gives us commands, guys, he really means it. So he, he, he's serious about his commands. But he didn't get to go in because of disobedience. But I also think, well, let's look at something else here. I think there's a spiritual application to us today as Christians because when we come to Christ, it says the old man has passed away, right? And we become a new creation in Christ Jesus. I think Moses, and this is just for me, and if you agree with this or not, that's fine. But I think Moses also could represent the old man here. I believe because he, he didn't go in and take possession of the promises or the promised land, uh, it's a representation somewhat of the fact that sometimes as Christians, after we die and we've inherited this new kingdom that, and we've walked into this newness of life, that we don't press in and get the promised stuff. We don't go in after all the things that God has prepared for us. And so we kind of stay on one side of the Jordan instead of going across the Jordan. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is a beautiful verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want you to say this with me this morning. You repeat after me. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, if you really believe that, you'll want to take possession of your promises. You'll want to take hold of the inheritance that God has given us. So Moses is dead. And so we, we continue on in the story. Now, therefore, arise. He spoke this to Joshua. Now, therefore, arise. <laughs> you could stop and preach a sermon on arise. Go over to this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Go, go take possession of the promised land. Sometimes we just don't want to arise. Every place at the sole of your foot, you'll hear this scripture quite often. Every place at the sole of your foot, Shall, will tread upon, I have given you. First he said, I am giving to them. Then here he goes even further. He said, I have given it to you. And as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down to the sun, shall be your territory. He said, I have given it to you. I have deposited it in your account. I have given you this inheritance. It's yours. 
But see, that's sometimes where we stop with Jesus. He says, I've given you this. And we say, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's just awesome. Thank you for giving me this. But he said more to, to Joshua than just that. Okay? So I want to ask you this morning, what territory have you left unclaimed? What territory have you left unclaimed that God says yours? Because we use that scripture. Everywhere, everywhere I step, that's, I'm taking dominion. I'm taking dominion. I don't think we really believe that much. When we say it, it sounds good. Every place I step. But listen, he was serious about this stuff. He, he said, I want you to go and I want you to claim this territory. It's given to you. How many of you have ever been left an inheritance of some kind, some nature? Okay. Did you actually take hold of it? Anybody just left it? Didn't do anything with it? Okay. Hmm, isn't that amazing? I, I promise you, if you, any of you want to leave me a million dollars, I'll take care of it. I, I, will, I will get after it, you know? So that's a question. I want you to write that down maybe. What, what territory? I want, this week, I want you to ask the Lord, what territory have I left unclaimed? You see, when we stepped into this, uh, we stepped out of a denomination. And when we said, God, God was saying, I've got more for you, Harold, Mary Lou. I've got more for you guys. That you've kind of stopped short in your inheritance. And then Mary Lou, she, 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 was, she always says this. When I found out that healing is, was in the Bible and it was for today, she said, I went after it. Remember how many times you've said that? I went after it. We had a guy that was going to, we're getting some bids on our house for some remodeling. This guy, uh, I called him last week. He had done some shutters for us many years ago. And I called him up and he said, well, I, I'll be delayed coming over to give you an estimate because I've had this pinched nerve in, in my neck and on my back and I've been feeling bad and and, and so uh, I said, okay, when you, can you come? He told me when he said, I'll call you before I come. I hung up the phone and Mary Lou said, why did, why, what's wrong with Bill? And I told her, and she said, well, why didn't you pray for him? Why didn't you pray for him? I, he didn't remember me from Adam. I said, well, I just didn't, you know. So uh, that, her thing, she loved to pray for the sick. God's put that in her heart, you know, and it's been prophesied that she has a bulldog tenacity in that area. Okay? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. You grab hold and don't let go. So he comes over yesterday and brings his, his, a guy with him that he's teaching the, the, the way to do this. And he brings this guy with him. And this guy says, and, and Mary Lou's not home yet. I'm like, oh, man, I've got to make decisions. I said, don't, we're not going to make decisions yet. My wife needs two-inch, three-inch, five-inch shutters. I don't know, you know. And, and I said, well, maybe my, my wife's on the way. And, and I said, well, great. I said, when, when my wife gets here, I was telling this, this, these two guys, when my wife gets here, she wants to pray for you, Bill. So when she gets there, and before he leaves, I said, well, she, you know, she says, I want to pray for him. And that other guy, his, his, his trainee, was saying, well, that was weird. You're the pastor, and you waited for her to come and pray. <laughs> yeah, they laughed about it, too. And, and it didn't bother me because I knew uh, she, she goes after things in a different way than I go after them sometimes. She went after me, and... I am on a roll today. <laughs> Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Man, grab that verse, highlight it. You know, you're going through this, this journey, this adventure of life. You need to know God's with you through it. For 40 years, 
40 years, as children of God wandered in the wilderness. 40 years. For 40 years, God provided for them. Their shoes never wore out. Just wonder how women get along with that one. Well, some new shoes, but honey, yours are just like new. <laughs> their shoes never wore out. Their clothes never wore out. They got hungry. They, God fed them. Well, we don't like bread. Bread's kind of, you know, we're tired of bread. Okay, what do you like? Quail, okay. Boop, 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 boop. Quail everywhere. I mean, he just provided for them for 40 years. But you, you see what God is, is graceful enough. He'll let you wander for 40 years. They never went without. Listen, they never went without, but I want to tell you the other side of that. They never entered the promised land either. Think about that. They never went without, but they never entered in, which which teaches me that God is graceful. He will allow you to stay at your plateau if you want to stay there. But you're going to miss all this other. You're going to miss all these blessings that he has for you. Sometimes I feel like the church of today is in the same wilderness. And here's the deal, guys. He'll let us stay in the wilderness. And, and I hear this from our youth, Pastor Brandon, and I hear it from our, and Colin and those guys. Man, we need to raise up the next generation. That's true. And I think sometimes with all my life the church has been trying to raise up the next generation. Wouldn't you like to be the generation? That takes, takes those promises and inherits the promises? Huh? Okay. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. He swore to their fathers, but their fathers didn't get it. Think about that. Have you ever studied that journey from Egypt to Canaan? In the natural, did you know they possibly could have made that journey, as large a group as it was, in 11 days? 11 days, about 220 miles. And it took them 40 years to get there. And that, uh, does that remind you of anybody? God's given us some things and says, here it is, it's right there, it's across the river. And we go, okay, I'm going to get there. We get distracted and life comes in and this happens and that happens and we lose faith and we doubt and we have unbelief and all of a sudden we're, we wake up one day and say, I've been doing this, going around this mountain for a long time. That's what they did. Anyone in here ever take a, a stay in the wilderness too long? Anybody? You know, before, uh, before we had GPS, anybody ever remember planning a trip and, and you, could go to, uh, you could go get a map and they would have three routes to get somewhere. Anybody remember that? Pre-technology. And one of them was called the scenic route. One was called the shortest route. One was called, the, you know, had another. There were three different routes, though. One was the most direct, which might take you through country roads and all that. One was the best way as far as the highways go, but the other was the scenic route. And so many times, I think, Christians, we take the scenic route, and what we see isn't very pretty. And it takes us a long time to get where we need to go. Verse 7, only be, very, be, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it in 
day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, for then you will make your way prosperous. And then, then you will have good success. He said to be very strong, very courageous. I, this jumped out at me, and I shared this with Misha and Rudy and Mary Lou. We were sitting around the table the other day. I was sharing this with them. I love, I love it when something else pops out in the Scripture to me. Y'all like that? And you might have seen all, but you missed one little thing. You know, we think of when he said to Joshua, he was the commander of the army, he said, be strong, be courageous as you go into battle. Be strong, courageous as you go into war against uh, the people of Jericho and, and to all these people that are going to try to fight you and keep you from the promised land. But he didn't say that here. He said, be very strong and very courageous, listen, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. In other words, he said, be strong, be courageous because the word is in front of you, but you've got to get the word before you can go do anything. You've got to be obedient before you can do anything or accomplish anything and we we look at that scripture well i'm I'm getting ready for battle well if you're going to get ready for battle if you want to know the promises that you're going to inherit you've got to know the word of god you hear that from me all the time but so many times well i didn't know that was in the bible i didn't know that was in the bible i didn't know that was in the bible you know why you don't know what's in the bible because you don't read the bible if you don't read the bible don't expect to get anything he said my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge Study to show yourself approved. A workman not, that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Oh, pastor, feed me some more, feed me some more. Come on, Lillian. God wants us to prosper, but he also wants us to walk in obedience. That's the battle for so many. That's the battle, just obeying him. Oh, I'll go to Africa. I'll go to Guatemala. I'll go here. I'll go. Well, would you just go across the street? Oh, no, God, that's just not, there's no fun there. That's no adventure. You don't have some of the neighbors I have. <laughs> it's an adventure to go across the street. And witness, share the love of Christ with them. God's not going to send you across the world if you can't go across the street. Maybe not across the street, just across the yard. Have I not commanded you, verse 9, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Man, he kept telling Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be, be encouraged. Be strengthened. I'm with you. I'll be there for you. I've given this to you. And this, and, but in this one, he says, don't be afraid nor be dismayed. So I looked up the, the Hebrew. What does dismayed mean? And dismayed means to be broken or shattered into pieces. Hmm. Reminds me of James 1, 6 through 8. Well, let, him, let him ask in faith and no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let that man not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In other words, he's fractured. He's in pieces. And we go, well, God, uh, God, what do, what do you have for me? But we're so broken up in pieces and scattered and out. Doubt and unbelief is operating in our life. He said, guess what? You're not going to get anything. Unless you start focusing, start walking with me, being obedient. So he was telling Joshua, you can't go into that land if you've got about 100 different people under your, under your command that think 100 different ways. 
You've got to be together on this. You've got to be unified. You've got to be of one mind. Listen, that's what we have to be as a church. We have to be of one mind, one body, one spirit. We've got to go in, dire- in the direction God's called us to go in as one, like a mighty army, not fractured, not in pieces. You will not possess the promises or the inheritance of God if you walk in doubt and unbelief and fear. Verse 10, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for your house, for yourselves. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan and to go and possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. Again, he says, Joshua commanded his officers, Go through the camp, tell the people what? Prepare for yourself. Joshua, would you just kind of come in and get our stuff ready for us? Would you roll up my sleeping bag so when we go across the Jordan? And you, I, Joshua, would you, would you do everything for me? He, he sent his officers and he said, you go tell the people to prepare themselves. Oh, boy, that's a big amen. amen. Because we, listen, our mentality is somebody else do it for me. Something wrong with my iPhone. I called Jeff. Jeff, fix my iPhone. Wes, fix my iPhone. You know, we, we want somebody else to fix stuff for us. Amen? Amen. And he said, listen, prepare provisions for yourselves. Fathers, household, dads, prepare provisions for your family. Prepare your children for what's about to take place. Single moms, you've got a responsibility to prepare your households. You've got to be together with your children. You've got to be, you've got to be sharing the word of God with them. You've got to be showing them the way to walk. You know what sometimes that takes for us as parents? Click, turning off the television. Monitoring what they watch, what they listen to. Oh, my kid, he wouldn't do that. Yes, they will. We, we just don't want to assume responsibility in our families. We just think, well, my kid's smart enough, he, he can fear it. No, he needs a godly dad or a godly mom to show them. That was my Father's Day sermon. In other words, he's saying, when you go into this land, you need to be ready to take what I've got for you. Because there's going to be some walls over there. There are going to be some giants over there. Joshua and Caleb already knew that. They'd spied out the land 40 years before. And I figure if I've been in a land 40 years earlier and their guys were huge, I would think in 40 years they'd be huger. They'd probably be better warriors than they were. Visions 4, 17 says this. This I say, therefore, and testify on the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you, listen, he said to the church, but you, you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed, say renewed, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness, true righteousness and holiness. There are some things we've got to do, church. 
Put off the old. Possess the new. Verse 12, Joshua 1. About to wrap it up. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the Lord, word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan, which was the east side. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Really what he's saying there is you can settle for little or you can settle for great. You can go after great. See, these, these three tribes decided they didn't want to go fight. They were done. They just want to have their, their cattle and their children. They're going to raise them up on this side of the Jordan. But God said, okay, I'm going to let you do that, but there's a provision there. You're going to have to help these that are going to cross. So listen, even if you settle for little and you settle for the less, you still have responsibility. You do. You have responsibility according to this. You know, you can settle. How many of you like just to eat leftovers every day of your life? How would you enjoy? Would you just enjoy eating leftovers all your life? Or would you rather eat from the banquet table? Would you like to go to the buffet, the best buffet? Or would you like to go to the kitchen after the buffet is all scraped into the thing? But see, that's what we do as Christians. God has this buffet set out for us, beautiful possessions, inheritance. And we go, well, you know, that looks good. But you know what? I, I think I might have to stand in a line and get a tray and walk through it like this and get stuff. I'd just rather go to the kitchen and let somebody feed me leftovers. God's going to allow you to stay where you're at, guys. He will not force you. He might put obstacles. He might put some things in your path to try to get you to a certain point in your life, but he will not force you. He just won't. So they answered Joshua, verse 16. The answer, Joshua, saying, all that you command. This is so important that you get this last part. All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Some of you don't like authority. Some of you rebel against authority. And you think it's okay. When I speak from up here, I speak with the authority of the Word of God. And if you walk out of here and say, well, that's just a bunch of lies. That's just a bunch of, you know what? That'll tell you what spirit you're of. If you walk out and say, well, that, that just sure can't be true. You know, I, that's just... And I'm reading strictly straight out of the Word of God. And, and you go, and I'm just going to, no, I just don't, uh-uh, ain't going to do that. When, when the pastor gets up and speaks about tithing and how God will bless you, and you, you can test him in this, and you walk out of here and going, well, you know what, I think that's just, that's just crazy that we'd have to give a tenth, and what, that's what the word tithe means. I think that's crazy. Well, listen, try him. Test him. See what he'll do. Listen, listen to authority. God has put me here. I didn't choose this. He chose me. Y'all understand that? 
I wouldn't put a pastorate on anybody that was not chosen by God to do it. If you think it's glorious and it's romantic to be a pastor and you go, wow, well, oh, that must be cool to hear everybody's crud all week. It is not. But God has graced me to do that. He has called me. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember that testimony when Mary Lou and I were stepping into this new walk with God, baptized in the Holy Spirit. She said, well, "Let's go in the closet and just see what God's saying to us." And okay, so we went in the closet. And I got in the closet. She got in the closet. We stayed there about thirty minutes, an hour. I don't know. We come out. She said, "Well, did you hear anything?" I said, "All I heard was God has chosen me," <laughs> and I didn't even know what for. But He's chosen me. I go out that day to get the mail. We had a mailbox at that time. Went out there and opened the mail. I got it, and my my sister, Lana, from Kentucky, had sent me a card. And on the front of the card, it says, God has chosen you. God's God's confirmation is always beautiful. And I'm telling you, if, if God doesn't call you to do something, don't do it. But if he has called you to do something, you better do it. You know how to fear God enough? If he says, I want you to do this and do that, you better do this and do that. Because he's still a God that corrects in love, but sometimes it hurts. Listen, guys, we we take this authority thing and we take it so lightly, but God is very serious about authority. Just read his word. All through his word, we're submit to authority. Joshua submitted to authority of Moses. He has submitted to the authority of God. When he came back after being sent out as a spy, he came back and said, God said, this is our land. We can take it. Moses, this is ours. We can take it. And the rest of the ten spies said, oh, no way, no how. We can't do that. Joshua just, okay, Moses, what do we do? Stay. But when his time came, listen, our timing is everything. God's timing is everything. Sometimes you might be thinking you're in the wilderness, but God's actually preparing you for the promised land. He's refining you right now for some things, but he wants you to be obedient in those things so he can prepare you to step across into the greater things. He wants to do so much in us and through us. That's why he called it the greater works he said we would do. Greater works. That's our our inheritance, guys. God lays out his promises, and he says they are yes and amen. Salvation, wholeness, peace, joy, health, prosperity, and more. But I want to tell you this morning, they just won't fall in your lap. Well, God, I'm going to start tithing. Cha-ching, here it comes. It just doesn't happen that way. Oh, the prophet spoke a word over me. He said, I want to be thus and so. He said, I'm going to be a medical doctor. Guess what? You're going to have to go to medical school. Oh, no, no, he's just going to, give me a, he's going to give me a thing on my wall and I'm going to start serving at the hospital because this prophet said I want to be a physician. See, you have to partner with the prophetic. You have to partner with the Word of God. And you have to step in and walk in obedience. But you've got to know the Word. I'm telling you, you've got to know the Word. You've got to get it in your heart. Listen, the more, you, more Word you have in you, the less you will sin. That's the promise from the Word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Okay? So this morning, I challenge you. There's no invitation today. I want to challenge you to write down 
what are the territories that you have not taken hold of, you've not taken possession of? I'm very serious about this. What territory, what promises has God given you that you've just let sit there across the river and say, you know what, that's too much trouble to go after. That, that takes too much obedience to get there, and you just leave them over there. I'm telling you, it's just like money in the bank. And God says, you, gotta, you have to withdraw it. You've got to do something with it. Or you can just let it sit there. Amen? So, Father, this morning as we, as we close, the word has gone out. Father, I, I preach the word that you've given me to preach. Father, I pray that you, that we would humble ourselves and receive the word. May the word be activated in us to take possession of our inheritance. Jesus, you died just so we could do that. And I know heaven is going to be beautiful. And many of us have loved ones that are already there, Father. But you wanted us to walk in our inheritance now and take possession of the things of God. Not so we could say, look at me, but so we could say, look at you. God, you're so good. So we could say, look at all the people getting saved. God, you're so good. So we could say, look at all the people that are getting healed. And God, you're, we glorify you. Help us to bow and surrender our agendas for your agenda. That we would lay down our lives. That you may raise us up. That we would walk in the things of God. And they would be a normal everyday occurrence for us. Because we've taken possession of the promises and the inheritance that you've given us. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said. Okay, this morning we uh, announced this the last couple of weeks that we're going to present our new members. Um, I want to, first of all, like all of the deacons and their wives to come to the front. Now, at the end of this, we're going to have time for prayer. So, please don't leave. This is important. And I don't know... How many of these people are here today? We've announced that people are, some people take vacations in the summer. Go figure. Yeah. We have some awesome deacons in our, in our church body. Come on. They pray for you. They visit you. They encourage you. They are there for you. If you ever need them, you can call them. And I know we haven't, and since the day we actually installed them as deacons, we had the big deal here at the church, and we fed everybody, and it was a beautiful time. We're trying to make our deacon body better. We're trying to grow and be better equipped to serve. And that's what these deacons are. They're servants. Uh, they, don't, they don't run the business of the church. It's not ever why deacons were installed. They were, they were given the responsibility to take the load off of the pastor, the apostles in the, in, the, uh, in the New Testament, so he would be free to do other things like be in the Word and study and prepare. So this, these people, these guys, these ladies take a load off of me and, and off of Basil. 
as, as, the, as our elder in our church. They take a load off of us. And so I want to uh, just let you know who they are. Down the very my far left is Rudy and Misha Arebolo and Roy Espinoza, John and Linda Nolan, Carol and his wife, Chloe, close with her, her mother right now. This is John and Diana Berrio, and this is David and Ida Hicks. David had to leave. David and Blenda Acock. Um, who are we missing? Mark and Kristen Oliver who are on vacation. Is that it? And Stephen and Rachel, they're somewhere in the building. Oh, he's teaching? Okay. Could somebody go get Stephen or one of them? Okay. Will they read their text? And, and this is Jody and Karina. Why don't you all come up on stage? Jody and Karina Foley, there are... Our uh, chairman of our deacons, their families that they take care of are these families right here. And so uh, we're going to call out these names. If you're not here, then don't come up. <laughs> some, some people are going, how are they going to do that? Uh, okay, why don't you all stand in for the Olivers? Yeah, watch out. Yeah, that would be cool. Stand-ins. That's Mark and Kristen Oliver. There. <laughs> you probably already figured that one out, and I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, these are new members beginning this in January, I believe. If it's in the complete list and you're not on this list, please raise your hand after we've called all the names, and then we will make sure we get you on the list. Okay? Uh, Everett and Joy Alsobrook. Are y'all here? Melanie Alsobrook. Okay, Melanie, your deacon is uh, Blenda and David Acock. Sarah Avila. John and Linda Nolan. I think she's back there working, isn't she? Okay, Sarah Avila. And how many of y'all know Sarah? She works with our kiddos. She's a new member here. Uh, Denver and Rachel Ballou. Uh, I think they're out of town. Oh, they're here. Okay, come on up. I didn't see you guys. Uh, Stephen and Rachel Montgomery are your deacons. Stephen made it. Y'all can, Carol, you can move on across so we'll have more room here. Uh, John, you can move this way. John and Linda. Okay. Okay. Um, Richard and Bianca, are y'all here? Bianca, are you here? Okay, Bianca's here. Uh, David Hicks is your, and David and Ida are your deacons. Cody Eisenbach, John and Linda Nolan, and, and uh, Brandy. John and Linda are your deacons. Y'all just stay right there with your deacons, okay? Um, Max and Thelma Fergie, David Hicks, is, and David and Ida Hicks. Hold your applause till everybody's introduced. <laughs> Brandy Foss. Is Brandy here? Brandy Foss? Okay. Chad. Is Chad Fulfs here? Have you seen Chad today? He's in rehab? Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's Chad. Come on, Chad. Chad, you doing good today? Okay. That's Roy Espinosa. Taft Furlong. Come on, Taft. Roy Espinosa is your deacon. Anna Garcia. Anna's with her grandmother, isn't she, in San Antonio? Okay. John and Lynn Nolan are her deacons. Um, Sherry Hernandez. Sherry here. Matthew Ledbetter, I know Matthew's here. Your uh, Stephen Montgomery and Rachel are your deacons. I hope you know that. 
But Randy and Shauna, are y'all here? Nope. Uh, their deacon is David and Ida Hicks. Gilbert Manriquez. Gilbert Manriquez. John and Linda Barrio. Diana Barrio, I'm sorry. John and Diana Barrio are your deacons. We have so many Johns in our church. Just a plethora of Johns. Margaret Minter. Is Margaret? Okay, Margaret Minter's deacon is uh, Rudy and Misha. Betty Morgan. Okay, Daniel Navarro. Chad Reberg. Angela Rollins. I know Angela's here. The Olivers are your deacons. So you will go to Jody and Karina. It's really going to be confusing. Yeah, the shorter version, the darker-haired version. Robin Santillan. Robin here? Okay. Karen Steck. Saw Karen last week. Is Karen here? Mark and Mark Steve and Carla Strader. I know y'all you guys are here. You're you're with the Olivers. Holly Waters. Holly uh Acox are your deacons. Debbie Williams. Debbie's gonna get baptized next week. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Carol and Chloe Hill are your deacons. Right here. Right here. And Robert and Yoli Searles, the Acox, are your deacons. Did I miss anybody since January 1st that have joined the church? Did anybody? Did I miss anybody? Did we miss you guys? Did y'all fill out a form? Okay. At the end of the service, we'll have you come and fill out a form. All right? Huh? Well, yeah, y'all can come on. Go, go ahead and come on up. That way we'll make sure we'll get you uh, a form filled out. Okay, Erica Grimes will take care of you guys, okay? Then we will assign you a deacon. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Have you filled out the forms and all that? Okay. At the, all right, here's what we'll do. All of, the, all of you who have not then want, feel like this is where God wants you to be, uh, we want to uh, get you to fill out a form. And we have a DVD that we have that, Tells you what we believe. Of all the families up here, how many of you do not have a DVD of what we believe? How many DVDs do we need? Okay, so we've got some of those. Do not leave. There, there's some in that. Uh, Charles, would you get the DVDs? They're either on the, on the information desk or in the back room. Maggie's not here today, so I don't know what to do without Maggie here. Okay. This is awesome, isn't it? Woo! Okay, I want you to group up with your deacons, and I want to pray over you guys. I want you, everybody, just circle up with your deacons. Now, touch, lay hands, hold hands, something. I want the rest of the church body to extend your hands this way. Just extend your hands this way. Father, we thank you for these that you brought into our body at Freedom Fellowship. Father, we pray that this is a place where they grow and mature in their faith. But more than that, Father, I pray this is a place where they get plugged in, they get connected, not to, just, not to be on the outside looking in, but to be on the inside looking out and seeing what you have for them to do. 
Father, it's not just about joining something and saying, help me and do this for me. It's about coming together as a body so we can go out as a body and minister to this city. And wherever we go, that we would take the love of Christ with us. So, Father, we dedicate them today into, into this body to be alive and purposeful. Father, you would show them areas in their life where they can grow. But, Father, you would also show them areas in, your, in their life where they can plug in, whether it's with the children or with our youth or with your adult ministry or prayer ministry. Father, with the food pantry. There's so many outlets here, Father, for people to serve. So, Father, we pray that a heart of servanthood would come over every one of them, that it would be about your kingdom and your kingdom advancing. And, Father, as they, as they prosper, as their soul prospers, that they would prosper in their body. And in, their, and, and in their families, Father, you would grow them in, in strength and in purpose and, and direction. Father, I thank you for our deacons today. And I just bless them today with a renewed energy, renewed strength uh, to do what you've called them to do, to be servants. And Father, I know there are more deacons that we are looking at right now. You've, you've, you're putting men in our, in our eyes and our vision to see, Father, to, to raise up more that would serve this capacity in the coming months. Father, we bless your name today. We we pray your blessings over this time, over these members. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. Supposed to have a bunch of them. Okay. Okay, this is what I want you to do. It's just right down there. They need a DVD. Oh, yeah, that's it. I think Basil knows where they're at. This is what I want you to do as we close this morning. I'd like our ministry team to go to the back prayer room. See the back prayer room back where Clark Wave. See back there? That's our prayer room. So if, you ne- if I have a ministry need, I would like you to go back there for our, our ministry team to pray with you. Okay? Now, if you feel like God's calling you to be a part of this church, I ask you to come forward to the front row, and we'll take care of that. Uh, if you made any other decision for Christ today, uh, just encourage you to make that known to everybody. All right? We love y'all. Be blessed today as you leave. Say, tell somebody you love them and bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus. God bless you.
It's 